Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to another episode of the Mystical Matchmaker Podcast, where we talk about all things love, light, and how to live your best life ever. I am your host, Marla Martinson, and on this beautiful March day, we're coming up on St. Patty's Day, luck of the Irish. I love March. It's like that fine line between still crisp coolness and beautiful sunshine, at least out here in Los Angeles. So, you guys, if you love this podcast, please consider rating it and reviewing it on iTunes. It helps other people find the show. I really appreciate it. And don't forget to go to my website, MarlaMartinson.com, and get your free gift, a self-love guided meditation to get those self-love affirmations into your subconscious. You can call in that wonderful partner. So today I've got a special guest. His name is Robert Malley. He's the author of The Guy's Guide, The Guy's Guide's Guide to Love, a novel praised as the men's successor to Sex in the City. Robert's website, robertmalley.com, features his syndicated blog on life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. He also has a wonderful podcast uh, featured on Blog Talk Radio, uh, Guys, Guys Radio, and it's a weekly call-in podcast with over 200 shows featuring interviews with relationship experts, entertainers, writers, sports personalities. I was on the podcast. It was so much fun. He has a lot of great spiritual uh, topics, too, just like I do on my YouTube show, so you're going to love it. And Robert's also a world traveler. He's a Reiki master and teacher, certified advanced clinical master hypnotist, and a graduate of the Jose Silva, most of all, though. He's a guy's guy who somehow survived 20 years of single life before marrying and becoming a father. And I'm going to bring him on right now. Hey, Robert, welcome to the show. Hello, Marla. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, awesome. And you guys, Robert's coming to us from New York City, right? <laughs> I'm in Harlem, New York City. Yep. Oh, Uptown. you're in Harlem. All right. The Big yeah. Apple. So, you know, I'm so excited to have you on now. We're going to get into some uh, guys, guys and girls relationship stuff, but I love the fact that you're a guy, but you're a Reiki master and have delved into so many spiritual modalities and practices. And when you had me on your podcast, we went through the, this huge list of all the things that I've explored and learned, and I think that you were right up there with me on all the stuff. So how, when, when did you start delving into all of this um, esoteric and spiritual, mystical, magical. Uh, you know, uh, I think like yourself, I started as, as a kid. I didn't have any visitations or anything like that, but I was always attracted to uh, 
spirituality, different. I started reading the Carlos Castaneda books at a pretty young age and uh, just kind of kept up my uh, studies and trying to be open-minded, um, thinking a little bit more out of the box. And uh, then it all came to me when I... Uh, I was uh, training for a marathon, uh, and uh, I had cramps in my legs and uh, during my training. And then I was went to a street fair, and somebody was doing Reiki. And I took a mm. flyer, and they worked on me, on my calf, and it really felt better. And then they gave me a flyer, and I forgot about it, and I ran my marathon. I did fine. And then a couple of weeks later, I was thinking, I wonder if I'll ever hear from those people, because I actually filled out uh, my name and address and all that stuff on the flyer. And then the next day, I got something in the mail asking me if I was uh, interested in, in studying. And I said, well, maybe this is a sign, and maybe this is a modality that I can do to uh, mm-hmm. give back. And uh, so I started mm-hmm. right from that point, and then I added on Reiki 1 and then Reiki 2 and Reiki 3 and Master Teacher, and then I got into hypnosis. And I spread out the, the Reiki training over about f- four or five years, and then I got into hypnosis and did all the training, and then I did the Jose Silva and just have kept things going. Now I'm a member of a spiritual unfoldment class, and it's really helping me mm. bring a lot of things together. And then a couple of years ago I had a – kind of a surprise illness, and I had some uh, miracles during the healing of that. And uh, cool. it kind of reminded me that there's more than uh, what uh, meets the eye, and we have to keep learning and keep looking and keep staying open. Right. And uh, so in this illness, did you go to go to an alter, you know, a, a healer, or did you yeah, heal well, yourself? Well, yeah, I did both. Did and I do? think for most people, mm-hmm. I think, you know, Western medicine has had amazing technological advances, and they're great at uh, after you have something. So either suppressing things or t- cutting things right. out. And, but, yeah. you know, the responsibility uh, for keeping ourselves healthy uh, internally and externally is really on ourselves. So what happened with me very quickly is I was out running, and I had a tremendous pain in my left side, and I I, I had to lay down, and I was, like, in writhing in pain for about six hours, and eventually I went to a doctor, and they did a, uh, a, a X-ray, and they saw that I had a, a kidney stone and then also that I had a small growth on each kidney. Five weeks later, I was in for back-to-back robotic surgeries, and um, uh, everything was fine because they caught everything very early. They said, you know, 10 years later might have been different, but you have 98% chance you'll never deal with this again, and everything went perfectly. And then I decided, I asked, well, you know, how do you get these things? And uh, the surgeon who was wonderful, he said, you know, that's sporadic. And I'm like, great surgeon, not the answer I was looking for because I don't believe things are sporadic. So I, one of my guests on my radio show, Guys Guys Radio, uh, he, uh, uh, Dr. Asmat Ghazwami, who's a leading quantum physicist and quantum healer, he suggested I go to a place called the New York Innovative Medicine Center, which at that point was in Manhattan, and that's really Ayurvedic medicine. And so I went through the whole protocol. It took about three months, and it's all alternative, holistic. And what it does, it's a preventative, and it helps uh, lower the toxicity in, on the inside. So what it does, it cleans up your internal environment so you, you, won't, you won't get sick because even if they cut something out that's not supposed to be in you, that doesn't mean that it can't grow back again someplace else or whatever. So what you really have to do is clean up your environment. I thought that made a lot of sense. 
uh, my toxicity level was cut by 100 percent after the protocol that I went through. And I I decided that, you know, I really have to take responsibility for this. And I think for for most people, what can really work to keep us well is uh, both a mixture of alternative holistic healing and prevention, as well as Western medicine when something happens that we really have to get get it taken care of because, you know, Western medicine does is just beyond advanced. It's really amazing. So uh, I think, you know, for me, it just told, kept me uh, to have an open mind. And I, one of the miracles I had along the way, I actually had two. One was they went in to get this kidney stone, and I saw it on the uh, on the. Uh, x-ray and the next day they went in to get it and i had been doing a lot of meditation a lot of uh, work with a with a healer and uh, it was gone uh, they couldn't find it they went in, in to get it and uh, they went in within a very, very day, sensitive area one day of, yep. one day? it was gone wow. it wasn't there they went up there and i said how'd it go and they said well actually good news we couldn't find anything uh-huh. <laughs> that's why we did this so that was one yeah. thing. And the other thing was when I went from my second robotic surgery, I could tell that my doctor was a little bit nervous. And uh, so I, I had to sign a waiver saying, you know, who knows what could happen with my kidney. And uh, yeah. then there was a delay before I went into surgery. And this uh, knowing came over me, uh, kind of a voice in my head that said, you know, you've been doing all this work on yourself that you have a lot more power than you think you do, as all people do. And you have to help these doctors by releasing this growth, whatever is inside you that doesn't belong there, you have to release it so they can take it out. So I, I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, and I'm like, wow. And I sat there, and you know, you're there within the most vulnerable position where you've got the little hairnet on and the gown and everything. And I'm like, yikes! <laughs> so I, I went in for the to the surgery, and uh, just as they were going to put me under, I put my arm on uh, my hand on the forearm of one of the doctors and said, I'm going to help you. And she said, really? Uh-huh. And I said, yes. I said, I'm going to release this to you. And it's going to come right out. She said, okay, great. Uh-huh. And then they put me under. I woke up, and my doctor, my surgeon's there with a huge smile across his face, and he hadn't heard that conversation. And I said, uh-huh. I said what happened? He said, this is like whatever was there just plopped right out of you. We got everything. We didn't have to dig around or anything, and it was very simple. And uh, uh, and he was really relieved, and I knew that was, uh, you know, a, a spiritual message to me and a miracle. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. Yeah, and the energy, the energy healing is so great using that uh, Reiki that the, um, I, I cleared my, one of my mom's neighbor's houses uh, and cleared they she had some visitations from some lower energy mm-hmm. spirits, and they were even uh slapping her in the face at night, knocking her out of bed, things like wow. that and i did a yeah, I did a clearing, wow. um cleared her cleared cleared it, tested it, and she has been sleeping, she can sleep with the light off now, she feels calm she's happy she's because she was crying every day, and uh you know use some of the energy and some of the techniques, and it really it, our intention too, where you have that intention that 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 was going to come out so easily, and it just plopped out. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, so do you work with people now uh, if they want to get Reiki or distance healing or anything like that? What do you You know, I, uh, I, I believe, as I'm sure you do, is that the more work we do on ourselves, the better we can be in terms of raising the consciousness of the planet. So for a living, I don't do Reiki for a living, but sometimes I'll do it for, for people. I do it for myself now and then. I also... We can hypnotize people and help them there, but I haven't gone full on as to uh, that being my career. I'm enjoying using the creative side, my backgrounds in marketing and advertising and business, and uh, so I created this 
movement for men, guys guy, and a mm-hmm. guys guy is really kind of an updated version of a man's man, but in a much more casual sense of the way. It's not all macho. It's about casual confidence and an uh, unassuming type of strength and uh, an integrity that's a seductive type of integrity, emotional intelligence, you know, it's timeless style and also being a lot of fun. I think that this is a time where men uh, have never had a better opportunity to be whoever they want to be, yet it's also a time where it's never been less, less clear who they really are. And uh, so I had some, you know, thought balloons that came to me about uh, doing some writing on it. So I wrote a book, a novel, and uh, I shopped it around. And then I realized, well, that was my practice novel. And then I wrote another one called The Guy's Guy's Guy to Love. And uh, I was inspired Mm -hmm. to write it. Uh, It's about two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, and power and money. But it's really a book for women about men. It's kind of a peek behind a curtain into what goes on in men's Mm -hmm. mind. And it has been called... The, the critics have called it the male successor to Sex in the City, and it's really uh, it, it's different than the you know the Candace Bushnell Sex in the City because it's not about f- four guys don't sit around having cosmopolitans talking about women. That's not how we roll. Uh-huh. Men are more right. lone wolves, and uh, we we do it a different way, but um, we get we get things done our way. But and I thought it was important because uh, to write that book because I. Th- I, I sense that there was a growing chasm, which I think is even wider now in terms of an understanding and communication between men and women. I don't think men and women really understand each other that much. We have all this technology that connects us in a lot of ways, yet we're more distant and we're more lonely and we're more apart than ever. And I thought if I could write a book that uh, really shows women what men are really like, not about, about how they hope they might be, but this is how we are. And you know what? The news isn't all bad. Um, that it might help things out, and uh, you get some laughs out of it at the same time. It's got that blue sky, Sex in the City entourage type of feel, but it's not mean-spirited. It's not misogynist at all. It's got strong male and female characters competing on equal level for love, sex, power, and money. And the re- reason the title is The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love is the main character is asked by his ex-girlfriend, who's, uh, who's publishing a new women's publication, kind of a girl power publication. She says, why don't you write a column for me about men for women? And he says, no, no, no. And then he, he, something happens in the story where he says, I'll do it. And the name of the column, of course, is The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. Because like myself, uh. he's a regular guy who just kind of you know, followed his instincts and kept his intuition uh, heightened and uh, just keeps going. And I think in today's day and age, um, you know, because you originally had asked me, you know, how I got involved with Reiki and some of those things. You know, if, you, if you're open, uh, the right things will come to you. If you're closed-minded, you're going to get, you know, your thoughts, thoughts are things, and you're going to attract to you where, what your thinking is. And if you keep an open mind and you want to learn more and you want to make this a better world, there will be opportunities that present themselves if you, be, if you maintain your awareness of the possibilities. Right. Yes, I love that. And you mentioned uh, hypno, hypnotis, hyp, hypnosis. Hypnosis. <laughs> hypnosis. <laughs> and and uh, it's so funny because I I remember when I had this one. You know, I'm since I'm a high end matchmaker, I get these mm-hmm. you know affluent men, and they want the beautiful women. And I remember one specific guy, and you can kind of speak to this because uh, how the guy's male brain works. Men are visual, and they yes. have to like a certain body type for their, yep. you know, apparatus yep. to work for them yep. to get excited, right? So I had a guy who was so specific. He was one that liked a very thin woman, small breasts, like almost a boy, like a Kate Moss or a very, mm-hmm. like a boy's type of almost 
uh, runway model uh, type, and it was very hard to find, plus all the other things he wanted. And we used to talk, and, and practically no one was thin enough. And I said, I wish I could get you hypnotized so that you can change that, <laughs> you know, change that. Maybe we could hypnotize you. And I suggested it. But talk a little bit to the ladies about how, because sometimes the women will say, well, if, you know, the guy wants a super skinny girl or the guy wants this or that or a big chest. Well, if that's if he's so shallow and that's all he cares about is my looks, I don't want him any. I wouldn't want a guy like that. But well, when in yeah. fact, okay. this it's a, not that's, that's, that the guy's, yeah, yep. so talk mm-hmm. about that. All right, let me unpack that a little bit. I think, you know, what hypnosis really does is it helps people get into that relaxed state where we can work together on uh, their um, uh, software, if you will, the subconscious. Um, For instance, um, uh, people come to me and maybe they're afraid of the water. And uh, nobody's born afraid of the water, but maybe when we regress them, we find that when they were three years old, they were at the pool and uh, they were flailing around and they thought they might drown and mommy was uh, flirting with the lifeguard and didn't notice it and then they've been afraid of the water since then. So we go back and we kind of reset that situation uh, to get them over it. I don't think men necessarily need to be hypnotized to get out of their you know, preferences, but I do think it's a big mistake that guys make about just locking in on, this is exactly what I want, like they're buying product off the shelf because there should be some mystery and some romance when it comes to you know, dating and the opposite sex and nowadays it's all so businesslike and uh people take it real serious and i understand the time is money and everything but um i think there's a, a beauty to uh to the mystery and the freshness of love and get, learning about somebody you know one step at a time and i have always found fortunately that although i have physical types that i like i'm a guy and visual and i like certain things uh, that, you know, first of all, you, you, you'll be pleasantly surprised if you keep an open mind because you'll find that attitude and self-confidence uh, overcome a lot of things that are physical and that somebody that might fit your physical specs may not be right for you in so many other ways. So you can't just go by the physical. And secondly, if there is a physical thing, let's say you really like fit women or something like that, well, work out together. And uh, most people, mm-hmm. you know, once they get into working out, they, they enjoy it and they, they see the results and then you can both look great if, if, that's, your, if yeah. that's your thing. So it's just a matter of being flexible. You know, guys, uh, you know, especially when they're paying, you know, for a matchmaker of your ex- level of expertise, they, they want, like, here it is. This is exactly what I want. And it's like the list. A yeah. lot of times guys complain that women have a list and the list becomes, the longer I found that the women are single, the longer the list becomes and it starts to work against them. And really you have to boil it down to some core values, what you really need. And, of course, you have to be attracted, physically attracted to the other person. And a lot of that is chemical. Mm-hmm. A lot of that you can't really control. Sometimes you're just drawn to somebody, and it may not be exactly what you were thinking of. And yet, bang, it happens. So just be open. Absolutely. And I always tell ladies to try to go outside their type, you know. Um, just, for instance, if they're online dating and they're dating, you know, a few guys a month, two of the guys, uh, if you don't like bald guys, Go have coffee with a bald guy. If you, you know, try another ethnicity. <laughs> try another, you know, a height. Just to do it, just to be open to some other uh, personalities and some other people because you never know who you, uh, once you see them in action, the chemistry, the way their humor, the way they talk, their mannerisms, it changes yep. the whole ballgame because we're all, all about pictures nowadays, swiping right and left, picking yep, people exactly. off the Internet with pictures. Exactly. So I guess so, women are, what, what you're saying is women are visual too, right? 
they're visual too, but not as much as the uh, men. Yeah. Um, they can, you know, it, it's funny because over the years, if I'm matching a girl who's like in her 20s or early 30s or whatever, they still want the hot guy, the hot-looking guy. But those guys tend to be the bad boys because if a guy's real hot, a lot of women throw themselves at him and they, right. you know. And then later, as they get a little older, late 30s, 40s, they're like, oh, I've dated all the bad guys, all the hot-looking ones, and it didn't work out. They cheated or whatever. And now I just want a good guy. I mean, as long as he's got his teeth and his hair, I'll, I'm there, you know, or whatever. Like, they mm-hmm. just, they, they, they're looking for some other things. Um, but, yeah, they, you know, they want to be attracted to, but it is a little bit different. They, if they're humor, if they're tall, funny, and successful, that goes a long way with ladies, you know, so. Absolutely. Uh, or at least not so, you know, but at least knowing that they can, they're not, you know, a lot of girls will say out here in L.A., oh, I'm tired of these, you know, musicians that are sleeping on my couch. I don't want to take care of a guy. At least he's got to have something going on, his own job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a tricky um, one, too. So, and I totally get that because a lot of times I found that, you know, when you have a, you know, guys need to have a dream. But sometimes when you're dating um, to be successful, you need to have that dream starting to manifest. Uh, it has to be, you know, along the way. I remember dating somebody, and she, she was like, so you wrote a book, that's great. And then she was like, when's it coming out? And I said, well, I'm still shopping. And she said, so, so you don't have it published yet? And I could tell, like, the date was ending because, you know, it was great. She thought it was great that I had written a book, but since it wasn't out yet, that, that meant it meant nothing. So, but you're going to get that. I mean, so, you know, it yeah. just, that's just how it is, and that's understandable. So you can't take things personally. Uh, you just have to keep going. That's right. Yeah, don't take it personally. And I, I find on dates, people aren't paying attention anymore to each other. They're either on their phone or they're talking the whole time. So, that's that's so, that's so I, true. You know, this is a, a new age we're in. It's like I tell the tell both parties to put the honestly interested in what they're saying. That's you know, that's a great say. point, and that's something that men are uh, very often guilty of. Uh, you know, it's interesting when I was first met my, my wife, and a funny story. She was uh, getting divorced, and uh, her sister convinced her to go on match for a three-day trial. So she went on there, and I had been making match work for me big time uh, back in the day. I, I had a whole mm-hmm. routine I'd go through just to, you know, to make it efficient because I learned that you don't, you don't go out for a big dinner on the first date for somebody you've never met. It's good to have a phone right. call. It's good to keep the, keep the correspondence short because every step of the way in, a, in meeting somebody, it is a different exchange of energy, whether it's written and then, it's, then, then you hear somebody and then you see somebody and each step could throw things completely off. Anyways, I met my wife, and uh, I had all these rules, like you had to have a phone call. So I said, let's have a phone call. And she goes, no, no, let's just go out. And I said, well, we should Mm -hmm. have a phone call. She goes, well, we don't don't really need a phone call, do we? I said, all right. I realized at that point, I said, you know what? I just made these rules up. So I met her, and we've been together ever since. And after three dates, I, I was having such a great time, I said, you know, I've, I've I've had a lot of great relationships, and I want to, but I'm here, so that means I must have mm-hmm. made some mistakes along the way. What do I need to do to be a good boyfriend? And she said, oh. she put her fork down, and she looked at me, and she said, "Pay attention." Uh-huh. And I'm like, "Hmm," I'm, and the light bulb went off over my head, and I said, "Is that it?" And she said, "Yes." <laughs> yeah. And that was yeah. it because. You know, guys don't pay attention to the little things the way that women do. And uh, ladies, if you can find a guy who pays attention, you got a good guy there because uh, men are very, you know, we're very focused on ourselves. We're very egocentric. 
to a fault, and uh, we, need to, we need to be taught. We need to learn from you in terms of how to be more caring and compassionate and, uh, and, and notice the little things how, about how your day was. You look like you're not in a good mood. How do you feel about that? All that kind of stuff, which that's not how guys roll usually. It's about it's a problem, you fix it, and uh, it's very like white and black in terms of how we deal with uh, the world sometimes. A problem, you solve it. But, you know, that's not how everybody is. And thank God that women are different than men that way because I think we need that type of balance to make the world go around. Well, also men and women have a different communication style. Women need yeah. to talk more than men. We use more words, We, we you know, and guys will – so I've heard so, so many guys who say, all she did was talk the whole time. You know, she didn't ask <laughs> me one question. She just talked and talked, and I felt like a therapy session. I had a guy the, uh, yesterday tell me I went out with this gal, but it really felt more like a therapy session than a date. Um, she was telling me all about all her problems. And um, so women have to be a little bit – conscious of that too of talking too much because we'll we'll just you know mm-hmm. you, you say oh i bought a watch and then you'll say how you made it you know how they made it and it's like every little detail of every little thing and guys i you can see the eyes glaze over my husband i can get maybe two sentences out before i'm cut off i mean i really can't get get much and then he'll, he'll start looking around the room and i'm like i need to tell you something can you please focus and look at me so um it's just i don't <laughs> I've been there. I've been him. Yes. Right? So we communicate yeah. a little different um, uh, there. Now, the time has gone so fast. This is a half-hour show. We've got four minutes left. But let's let's touch on on uh, what do you think women need to know about men uh, quickly. Uh, what's going inside your heads right now with this Me Too movement, you know, with things going on with that? Uh, well, the two of, stor- you know. there's two separate things there. So what women need to know about men is that, you know, we're really, you know, we're on your side. We want you to succeed. We want to be supportive. We want equal partnership. That's good. If it's a good guy, they, they want that. In terms of the Me Too, I think what guys need to understand is that women have been repressed you know, women are a straight shot right now in terms of they're getting their long overdue, just the beginning of it, but it's their long overdue recognition for all the wonderful things that they've done that they, they do. And guys have been, uh, they're at a crossroads. They don't know what their role is. So what guys need to do with Me Too kind of hit them sideways. And what guys need to realize that, you know, maybe you, the individual, has not been uh, a, a bad guy, if you will. But that doesn't mean that you're still not a guy and we need to listen to what women have to say and just actively just listen don't get defensive don't get angry uh, because the good mm-hmm. news is if you're a good guy if you're a guy's guy there's never been a better time to be a man and just keep being doing yourself be aware of 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 what's happened with women and how they've been treated uh, unfairly and and if you're really a good guy and you continue to be sensitized to that, then things will work out really well for you. Uh, because women, uh, they want men to be men in the in the best sense of the word. They do. And if you're a if you're a gentleman who opens the car door, pays the girl's valet, uh, maybe brings her a little gift or tells her how mm-hmm. lovely she looks, you'll stand out. I can't tell you how many men don't do any of that anymore. And and when when I get a guy who does that, the girls are like, oh my god, I felt so special. I, one girl, just because the guy paid her valet ticket, she says, I wasn't really attracted to him. I didn't think I'd see him again. But when he did that, I'm going to give him another shot. I'm going to go out with him again. I was so yep. impressed. So these yeah, little things that men, maybe because there's been 
brought up by single mothers these past uh, 20 years or something. They would have a man to teach them, son, right. you know, you do this, you treat a lady like this. And uh, now they're like, heck, yeah, the, the woman can drive to me. She can do this. No, it's she can, you know, even, it's even, so. Marla, it's even just as simple as set up the first date, Listen, pay attention to the the woman that you've just met, what she likes to do. Maybe she's dropped some hints on types of food she likes to eat or places she likes to go. Set up a date. Yeah. Pick up the check on the first date. Make sure she gets home safely. And and that's yeah. it. And then and follow up. If you, yeah. That's it's right. that simple. You, you know, we, the gifts, you know, that's really bonus time. But if you could at least yeah. just set up a date and follow through and be on time. <laughs> make yep. sure she has a good time. <laughs> and you know what? Simple. I've been on so many blind dates through online dating services and stuff like that. Sometimes I'd meet a woman, I'd immediately know. I'm like, this is not going to work. I would at least sit there right. and have coffee or a drink, something, because this could be a person who could be a friend, or, or she might have uh, girlfriends that are nice or whatever. <laughs> who knows? But be a gentleman. Like, don't hurt people's feelings. Absolutely. Robert, this has been a fascinating conversation. I'm going to have to have you back because there's so much more to talk about. But tell oh, people love where they can find you. Okay, real quick. Uh, my website is robertmanny, M-A-N-N-I.com. The novel is The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. And my podcast and radio show, which is on KCAA in Southern California, is uh, Guys Guys Radio. And it's also on iTunes, and we do a weekly show, and it's on uh, Stitcher and Spreaker and Blog Talk Radio, etc. Awesome. Thank you so much, and you guys. Until Thanks, next Marla. Time. Much love, everybody. Okay, Bye. ciao. Bye-bye.